0: Interesting article that uh, came out uh, actually earlier this week from uh, Bloomberg Business Week, and uh, talking about NDSU football and uh, the, well highlighting the success that they've had and uh, uh, the, the the conversation about maybe making the jump to FBS in uh, footballs. So we're pleased to be joined by uh, Evan Novi Williams from uh, Bloomberg, and uh, you uh, you work on kind of the sports business aspect of stories. Is that uh, is that a fair assessment? It is, yes. Okay, and uh, you uh, you were in Fargo recently, and to to highlight uh, NDSU football and the, the success they've had, and the, the question about maybe moving up in the in the future. But uh, uh, first off, uh, where did you, where did the genesis of the story come from? I guess what interest you uh, did interest you about it, and uh, how did you enjoy your visit to Fargo?
1: Sure. I mean, it's kind of a funny story. It's a, it's a story I've been pitching for a number of years now, probably three or four years. Um, and the genesis came from a conversation I was having with somebody in the in the sports business world, college side of things, who who was telling me about how. Texas became a juggernaut in all things, high school and college sports. And what he said was that in the early 1920s, 10s, a lot of oil was discovered in Texas, obviously. A lot of people moved down there. They brought their athletic children. Uh, a lot of money was flowing around, built sports infrastructure, fields, etc. cetera. Um, and out of that culture kind of grew the juggernaut that is Texas sports today. Uh, and the person I was talking to said, take a look at North Dakota. Uh, obviously, this is a, a different time in the oil industry, but this was back when things were things were going really well. I think the Bison were one or two national championships in at this point. Um, so I kind of pitched the story originally about oil and how dramatic a uh, the landscape can change in a state and, and what that might mean for local colleges and their athletics. Um, and obviously the, the story has changed a little bit now, but I still think the business part of the Bison is fascinating. Uh, so the way we approached it this year when I went out to Fargo was just, let's take a look at what what the next step is for a team that seems to have run out of uh run out of challenges in many ways uh in the division that they're in um and it turned out to be a really interesting look the the folks over at ndsu were fantastic uh in terms of open talking openly and candidly about what business is like right right now? What's changed in the past couple of years as both the team has improved and some of the economic drivers in in the state have gotten uh, a little more challenging? Uh, but yeah, it was a, it was a fun look, and they were certainly uh, they were certainly open for, ch- open for chatting about it.
0: Uh, in the last couple of years, with the oil slowdown in the in the state, I mean, the, basically all state budgets are, are tightening up a little bit, and uh, and I guess is that uh, the impression that you uh that you got from uh, from the brass at n d s u that uh, that it's getting a, you know the the money is getting a little tighter
1: absolutely yeah i mean you you need to look no further than u n d which cut a few of its programs last year as mm-hmm. I'm as i'm sure you know um yeah it, it's pretty clear to me that that fargo as a city has done a little bit better with the with the ag and oil slowdown than than other parts of the state obviously um and i think that means in in a lot of ways that n d s u is Doing I think a little better than, than maybe other other institutions are in terms of, of that ten percent budget cut, uh, but Matt Larson, the a d made it clear to me that, that there are no, there are no sports that are that are on the table in terms of potentially getting cut um, and obviously, with the success that the football team has had, I mean we see it in, in larger scale all across the country. but when your football team is playing well, uh, that usually means that your your athletics department as a whole is in a fairly good state financially. Um, so, yeah, I mean, if you look at really all the revenue streams, whether it's ticket sales at, at the Fargo Dome, obviously very strong. If it's uh, donations from from boosters, they're setting records for, for the Teamakers makers program there. Uh, almost all the drivers uh, that you look at in an athletic program are, are going pretty well right now for NDSU.
0: In uh, in your travels and maybe in visiting with other people, is this just um – you know, for their location and where they're at as far as FCS for football and you know mid major for other sports is uh, is NDSU kind of seems like they're the exception more than the rule for for schools their size and uh, and where they where they play out in the landscape of college athletics.
1: Without question, yeah. I mean, I, I know FCS football a little bit. I went to Princeton, so I, I've been around the Ivy League for a while. Um, just walking around what what NDSU has up there north of north of the city in terms of. Facilities, uh, it, it's fantastic. I mean, its you're right, they're, they're kind of an exception in that way. Obviously, the team plays as an exception in terms of their performance on the field. Uh, it's funny, the, the day I was there, uh, they're practicing across the street from their new $50 million athletic center. There's mm-hmm. NFL scouts that are on the field watching these guys practice. There's so many aspects of this program that feel like they would feel at a, at a mid-level FBS school. And then I'm standing there as as people arrive for practice, and the players drive up in each other's cars in the back of pickup trucks, wearing their cleats and their jersey, and some of them even wearing their helmets, uh, which was a nice reminder that, that underneath a lot of the FPS qualities for the program, there's also some, some nice small-town football qualities as well it's a nice mix and it's certainly something that that Matt Larson is thinking about when you look at things like offering full cost of attendance to all of their athletes that's a pretty rare thing at the FCS level Um, the the new basketball arena is going to be probably one of the nicer ones in FCS I know he's looking already at an indoor football facility uh, practice field etc that other teams can use but would be primarily for the football team I mean he is clearly Looking at healthy ways in which he can make this team as much of an outlier as he can in the FCS, both because it's good business now in the FCS, and also because if it does come time for for an FBS conference to come calling, uh, he has about as good a pitch and as good an offering as he can make.
0: Yeah, and that's uh, that's that's the question. I wanted to get your perspective from someone that was not from the area, because I mean we're we're around it all the time, and I think there are some <laughs> that there are some that say you know that that. Competitive wise, that they could compete at that level, FBS wise, and obviously there's you know money, money, facilities, and you got to have somebody that wants you, and that, and that is one of the downsides. I mean, you know the the, the landscape of college football. You never know when that's going to completely change. With if the Power Five decides to go uh, their separate way, then it might uh, open things up maybe for for schools like NDSU to do that. And I think the other thing that might hurt NDSU, and I think it does hurt NDSU, is geography.
1: Absolutely. Yeah, there's no question that if you're uh, Carl Benson of the, of the Sunbelt Conference or Craig Thompson of Mountain West, when you look at it North Dakota State as a possibility, I mean, the one drawback you have is, is travel. I mean, you're, you're asking all of your teams to fly out there all the time. Um, and that's a big budgetary strain. Um, that's not to say that it can't happen. I mean, there are schools, the, the two Idaho schools, Idaho and Idaho State, are pretty remote. I mean, there's as you know, there's a, there's an airport in Fargo that makes things a little easier. Um, but no question. The geography is, is, is the one I would say major concern. Outside of that, I mean, if you look at some of the schools that have jumped up from FCS in the past 10 years, uh, profile wise, a lot of them are exactly what NDSU is, and a lot of them are even smaller when it comes to athletic budgets, when it comes to how much money is generated from the teams itself, how much money they they draw on from the university and from student fees. I think NDSU is better positioned to make that move than a lot of schools have, uh, that, that have already made the move. The question is whether being that well positioned is enough right now. For the school to to invest all that capital,
0: Evan Novi Williams joins us from uh, Bloomberg Business Week. He uh, was in Fargo and uh, has a, a story about uh, NDSU football. And go to bloomberg.com for more information. You mentioned that some of the teams that have come to the Fargo Dome here in recent years in the FCS playoffs, uh, Georgia Southern is in the process of moving to FBS. Uh, Coastal Carolina, who the Bison have faced a couple of times in the playoffs, making that same move. They kind of have geography in their favor that they can they can you know land in a in a conference, FBS-wise, and travel isn't as big an issue. But uh, did uh, schools like that come up in the conversation when you visited with uh, the people at NDSU?
1: Sure, yeah. I mean, Matt Larson is following everybody that's made this move recently, you know. I mean, I think he knows that there's good examples, teams that have had a lot of success. I think Georgia Southern on the field certainly has been has been one of them. Um, there's some business business successes as well. Uh, and then there's also the teams that have gone the opposite direction, and uh, UMass is the one that always comes up mm-hmm. in that regard, another team that had geography on its side. Um, but UMass put a lot of money into the program, as you have to when you make this move. They signed a contract to play a lot of games at Gillette Stadium, which they thought was good, were going to draw a lot of people. Um, the team has underperformed. It's cost a lot more money than they thought it has. Games have pretty much moved exclusively back onto campus from Gillette. Uh, the, the football team is no longer in a conference, which is a very, very dangerous game to be playing. There's, I've talked to a professor out there who said that things are – things are contentious at UMass right now. There's a lot of folks that have looked at the move and are wondering whether uh, it, it's time to pull the plug on the idea of being an FBS program. Um, so for every Boise state that, that makes this jump and never looks back, there, there are schools like UMass who make this jump and five years later, suddenly the, the question becomes, do we do we go back? Mm-hmm. Are we spending too much money? W- what do we do to right the ship here? Um, and those are things that I, mean, I talk with Matt about and I know that he's... He's looking at a lot i mean, he, he wants to make sure that if this move does happen that they are uh, they are in a position to to avoid a lot of the pitfalls that some of the schools have had you and mentioned, one thing I will oh, say about yeah. the the program yeah it's uh in looking at i, mean, I look at I look at athletic budgets for for schools all over the country uh the bison are very very fiscally responsible in terms of the amount of money they get from both the taxpayers and from students at NDSU. Um, it's pretty common for for F- FCS programs to to lean very heavily, I'm talking 70-80 percent of their budget uh, coming from public public forums, and the the Bison are at 33 percent or so, uh, and that's a number that's only going down. I know he I know Matt is very proud of that. Um, I know politicians in town are also very happy with that, just because it means there's less reliance there, and I know that North Dakotans, or at least the ones I talk to, are very proud of their own fiscal responsibility uh, as a whole. So. Uh, in many ways, I think the Bison program is a lot healthier than other schools that have made the jump.
0: Are they a uh, concern, maybe, with the, with the big donors and benefactors that they might get tapped out at some point, especially if uh, and that, that has to be part of the conversation if they if they decide someday to make that move up. And I, I guess I'll follow that up as well. You made uh, you made the point. Seems like it's about every decade, because they they went indoors to the Fargo Dome in the early 90s, and then they they made the jump, and there were a lot of naysayers when they made the jump to Division One, and I was very skeptical as well. And you know, about a decade later, after all the success, they're having, uh, basically, the you know the the conversation just turns the page a little bit.
1: It's funny, yeah. I talked to a lot of people who mentioned those two changes in the program as kind of good examples of what happens when the community is kind of divided about what the future should look like. Um, and in both instances, from what I understand, they made a lot of, it took a while to make the decision. Um, and I think, I mean, I think it's pretty unequivocal that both of them were a pretty good success at this point. Um, so I know there is trust. It sounds like from a lot of people, both fans in town, people who have come through this program in the past regarding whether the, the, the top brass at the athletic department and at the school itself um, we'll make the right decision when when the time comes, um, but yeah, no, it's there's no question that that there are, there are traditions there that that people don't want to lose. You know, I mean, yeah. everyone talks about Frisco. I'm sure you've made the trip yourself. Uh, <laughs> there is a lot of pride in Fargo about what happens once a week down in uh, down in Frisco, Texas. Um, and obviously, when you make the jump to FBS, that goes away. You know, there there's probably some other any any home playoff game you're hosting that that goes away as well. Um, so, yeah, there, there's a whole lot of traditional, uh, tradition aspect to this whole argument that I think kind of gets overlooked when you talk about the money. Um, but for fans, a lot of times that's even, sometimes even more important.
0: Well, uh, lastly, in just kind of following the landscape uh, from, from, the, from the bigger picture uh, compared to the bigger schools, do you see at some point uh, where the Power Five just decides to, to go on their own and that kind of leaves the the lower-tier FBS and FCS. Uh, Could you see that happening at any timetable or any guess when you think it could happen?
1: Absolutely. I mean, I think we saw a a large step in that direction two years ago when the NCAA gave those five conferences partial autonomy to make some of their own rules. And there's no question that if you're a member of the Big Ten or the Big 12, I think you want to use those rules to your advantage, and the big way you do that is to utilize – your deep pockets, uh, which is an easy, easy way for you to separate yourself from from the lower five conferences, so yes, I think in as those rule changes continue to come about and they 're able to make their own, I think you're just naturally going to have to see some kind of schism between the the absolute richest and and that next tier down. Uh so yeah, if that happens, I think there's no question that an opportunity opens up for the bison to jump up. I also think it's possible that happen the that the, the, the bison get an opportunity even without some kind of dramatic shakeup. I mean, I think we're going to see the Big 12 add a number of schools here uh in the next year or so if that happens, you're going to see some conferences lower down with some spots opening up uh, again, as we talked about geography aside, I think the, the Bison are a great candidate uh, to kind of fill a lot of these slots. Um, and yeah, then it just becomes a question of uh, now that the opportunity is here uh, and they've thought about it for a while, what, uh, what the decision becomes.
0: Uh, I guess one other thing that came when they made the jump to division one, they had a partner in South Dakota state that, uh, that, that made the jump along with them. Uh did they say, or do you think they would maybe need another school or two, or maybe other the other Dakota schools to come along with them, or can they stand on their own just fine?
1: That's a good question. It actually it did not come up. Um, having a travel partner, I think, would certainly help both both the Bison's travel expenditures and the expenditures of people that are coming up to up to Fargo. Uh, to be honest, I do not know enough about the finances of schools like South Dakota State and South Dakota to know mm-hmm. whether or not they're in a position to, to offer what North Dakota State does. Um, but, yeah, it, it did not come up. I don't, I, I don't know the answer to that.
0: All right. Uh, Eben Novi williams from uh, Bloomberg. Uh, hope you enjoyed the trip to Fargo. You're, you're, you're more than welcome to come back anytime. And uh, uh, thank you for your time. A, a, a really interesting article. And, uh, uh, again, thank you for, for joining us.
1: Absolutely. Thank you.